I fear not the dark itself, but what may lurk within it. Welcome to Lurk, bringing you creepy, strange, and bone-chilling stories with your hosts, Tim Harrison and Jamie Jackson. It's Jamie and Tim. So, Jamie, we're doing something a little different today. We are. So, is it, it's Shark Week. It is Shark Week. Shark Week, Shark Week, Shark Week, Shark Week, Shark Week. And somebody's very excited about it. Oh, yeah. You give me a line of Shark Week, I snorted all day long. <laughs> it's happening. So, I had the idea that perhaps we should do something along the lines of Shark Week, and we're going to talk about the, the shark attacks that happened in 1916 on the coast of New Jersey that were inspiration for the book Jaws by Peter Benchley. You know what? I just want to let you know this, okay? Mm-hmm. I pee bull shark and crap great white, all right? <laughs> okay. I'm ready to go. Good to know. I'm rearing to go. Good to know. <laughs> good That Lord. was good, wasn't it? Oh, I'll yeah. I'll tell you what, I was, I, was saving that, I was saving that for a finny day. <laughs> oh, My dad puns are on point today. <laughs> This is going to be a long episode. Let's go. New Jersey, 1916. It's the summer. It's July. It's hot. It's actually, there's a heat wave going on. A heat what? A heat wave. Is it waving? It's a heat wave. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, what you're trying to say, it's a little warm. It's hot. Also, they're in the middle of a polio epidemic in the U.S. Polio. Polio. We don't oh, have yeah, it yeah, anymore because yeah, 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 yeah. it was eradicated yep. with vaccination. A lot of people wanted to go to the resorts to get out in the sun to kind of recuperate, be out in the air to be healthier, that sort of thing. Well, you know the old saying, fresh air is for dead people. Fresh air is for dead people? Mm-hmm. Those who listen to true crime podcasts know what I'm talking about. Okay. They probably say don't Well, I listen to them and I have no idea what you're talking about. I'll send it to you. Okay. So there were thousands of people who ended up going to the Jersey Shore, to the resorts for the summer to kind of beat the heat, go swimming. And swimming was actually kind of a new pastime. It wasn't something that was done. Like today, everybody goes to the beach to go swimming, but it was still kind of a new thing back then. So this is a scene here, 1916. Mm-hmm. It's hot as all get out. Mm-hmm. Polio has officially kind of been... There's an epidemic in the United States. Okay. And then everybody goes, hey, let's go swimming. Mm -hmm. Basically, yes. Okay, cool. Between July 1st and 12th, there were five people attacked. Four died. One survived. Woo! So we're just going to get right in there. July 1st is the first attack. Charles Epting Van Sant was 28 years old. He was from Philadelphia. He was vacationing with his family. And before they had dinner that day, he wanted to go for a swim. There was a Chesapeake Bay Retriever dog. Beautiful dogs. Yes. They're kind of, for those who don't know, they're like a lab, but they're larger and their hair is kind of wavy. And shiny. A little bit longer and and kind of has like a wave to it. It's super shiny. (laughs) Okay. I just want to cuddle them. You want to cuddle everything. Everybody needs a cuddle person, okay? okay? I know. So he decided to take a quick swim. While he's swimming, people on shore saw 
the shark. And it was moving swiftly towards him. They start kind of yelling and trying to get him to come into shore. And he doesn't really understand what they're carrying on about. He doesn't really know. It's kind of like, it reminds me of somebody yelling, oh, shark, shark. And they don't hear you. And they're like, oh, hi, waving from the shore. You know, like waving to everybody like, oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> and then they a, get eaten. It's yeah, like the it's cartoon a, thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I have in my head. It's such a bad scene to set, too. It, it is. It's like, hey, guys. Hey, what's hey. up? Hey, guys. You know, like he thinks they're waving at him and they're like trying to tell him he's going to get swallowed alive. <laughs> he doesn't know what they're they're trying to tell him. So he's leisurely swimming towards the shore. And when he's about 50 feet from the shore, the shark darts towards him and the jaws close on his body and the water turns red immediately. So if you've seen jaws... You know exactly what I'm talking about. He starts struggling to free himself. He is ends up being rescued by lifeguard Alexander Ott, who is a champion swimmer and a bystander named Sheridan Taylor. They both claim the shark followed them to the shore as they pulled the bleeding Van Sant from the water. So they actually swam out to get him. He's 50 feet from shore. They go in the water with the shark there to pull him in, and the shark followed him. He, Van Sant died. He actually bled to death on the manager's desk of the Ingleside Hotel at 6.45 p.m. And eyewitnesses said the shark was about nine feet long. That's a big animal. That's just big. Mm-hmm. That's so big. Yeah, the beaches remained open despite the attack. Shard, sh- shard, uh, shardings. Yes, they saw shardings. If I saw a shark, I would shart. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> there were shardings everywhere. so the beaches remained open despite the shark attack and there were sightings of large sharks swimming off the coast that were reported by sea captains but they were ignored so they were like hey guess what there's big ass sharks swimming around out here and they were like that's okay leave the beach open so two things happen right Mm -hmm. so right now human unknowingness plays Mm -hmm. a role right at this time they didn't know sharks could swim in fresh water We're in the Atlantic Ocean at this point. Oh, they're in Atlantic Ocean. This is in the Atlantic Ocean. So, oh yeah. None of this actually happens in 100% fresh water. Right, it's like a mixture. And then, so, the unknowingness, and the second thing, the ignorance of not warning nobody and telling people, hey, come in, let's stop. Shit's going crazy, we're sharting everywhere, we're not having this. (laughs) I was going to save this for a little later, but basically the, the frame of mind by scientists is that sharks don't attack people. And that they won't attack people. And I even read that some of them felt that sharks didn't have the ability to even bite off appendages of people. So there was really not a lot of really good scientific evidence. Can I be a scientist then? (laughs) Well, you could in 1916 if you want to take a, you know, time machine back there. But for the most part, back then they didn't have a whole lot of information. So, I mean, we're going to talk about that later. Okay. But they really didn't think that sharks... We're a danger. Hundreds of serrated teeth. What do you think they do? They suck on you. I, I it's 1916. It's like, boy, you taste real good today, but good thing I can't bite you. It's over 100 years ago. Damn, man, that's so, old. Wow, it's over 100 years. 105 years. Yeah, it's a long time ago. That's a lot of sharks <clears throat> in between. Then yeah, it's a lot of sharks. The first attack that happened, it was kind of towards southern New Jersey coast. It was north of Atlantic City. The second attack occurred July 6, 1916. It was 45 miles north of the first attack. Just so you know, we will. I will try to post this either. In, well, I'll post a link to the Google Maps and show notes, but I'll try to also po- post on social media 
a photo if I can find it. Somebody actually did a map. The attacks move north. Okay. So it's not like it goes north and south or whatever. It, it's consistently traveling in the same direction. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So we're 45 miles north of the first attack. A gentleman by the name of Charles Bruder was a 27-year-old Swiss bellhop at the Essex and Sussex Hotel, and he was swimming about 130 yards from shore. He was beyond the life the lifelines. I guess they actually had lines out in the water. But if you go swimming at the ocean, most of the time there's a point when the lifeguards will whistle and call you back closer to shore. There's a certain point that they don't want you to go beyond. Yeah. He was out past that point, basically, for refer- for reference, because they don't have lines in the water, you know, actual line, like rope lines is what I mean. Anyway, he's swimming out beyond the lifelines. He was considered a strong and expert swimmer, and he was known to frequently join the lifeguards in feats of skill and endurance in the water. So he was a pretty good swimmer. These challenging lifeguards for fun? What lifeguards do this, they, they kind of compete you know, in different. If you ever watch? You never watch Baywatch, but if you had ever anybody um, who's Baywatch yeah. was remade with the Rock in it. So yes, I did watch. Oh, it. Jesus, I did. Okay, whatever. It's better with David Hasselhoff. It just is. Well, David Hasselhoff is a hot hunk, but I'm just saying, <laughs> The Rock. That's not what I was saying, but The whatever. Rock. I would snuggle him. I we know that Tim, you'd cuddle and snuggle him and spoon him all night long, mm-hmm. unless it was Travis Taylor was around, and then you might switch. Oh, anyway. They're known to kind of compete. They do competitions. It's just the thing. I bet you I could swim out faster than you. Yeah, and it's also to kind of show who's the strongest. I mean, you had you have to be a pretty strong swimmer to be a lifeguard, especially at the ocean. You have to be able to pull people back in. I'd imagine back then you had less to use. Like now they have the float that they carry with them. And back then they had to like sometimes pull a boat out to take a boat out to rescue people. And they have people patrolling now too. Mm-hmm. There's like... A lot different now than it was then. So anyway, he was known to be a really good swimmer. He's out swimming, and he was also known to swim past the lifelines most of the time. Yeah, that was a thing. That's what he did. So it's not uncommon for him to do this. No, you're out past the breakers. It's a little, you know, it's a little easier to swim. The swells aren't as big, so you're able to, to really swim. So I imagine that's why he was out there. And shark bit him in the abdomen and severed his legs. Of course, the water turned red from his blood, and he began yelling for help. That's a kill shot. Mm-hmm. After hearing screams, a woman notified two lifeguards that a canoe with a red hull had capsized and was floating just at the water's surface. That was what she thought she was seeing. What she really saw was a big shark. No, what she really saw was a guy floating in his own blood. There was oh, no he... red canoe. It was his blood. He was already dead? No, I mean, he's just at the water surface. He's not oh. dead yet. So that's what she saw. Two lifeguards take a, take a boat. They row out to Bruder and realize he's been bitten by a shark. And they pull him out of the water. But he bled to death on the way back to shore in less than 10 minutes. I mean, you got bitten in the abdomen. That's one of the softest spots on the body. Yes. Yeah, All so, the vital organs are there. Mm-hmm. The New York, New York Times, and I believe I I have the actual article of the New York Times. I'm going to read that. Said that women were panic-stricken and fainted as Bruder's mutilated body was brought ashore. That's kind of paraphrasing, but I'll read the article when I'm done going over his death. His left leg was taken off above the knee. The, mm. the right leg was taken off below the knee, and the flesh on his left side was torn from his ribs. That's wild. Now... Just to 
like to kind of think about the sheer size this creature is because sharks then they were more I, I would say there were larger ones closer to shore at that time because we didn't we didn't have as much stuff kind of deterring them all the noises and all that stuff happening because a lot of them don't like that stuff i don't know because they weren't seen well, yeah, you rarely I, see I don't, anything. You know, these these were kind of the first attacks of the of of this kind, really. I wonder if they've always been there. You know what I mean? And kind of like lurked in the dark. Lurk? Like how I did that? I like I did you that. You like I did that? I, did. Ah! I mean, I, I'm sure they were always there. They weren't noticed. I guess the problem here is is the fact that they really weren't considered any kind of threat at all to humans at all. Could you just imagine the mindset? It's like we're so superior. They ain't going to bother us. It's like, oh, really? But my thing is, I'm trying to think, is how big would a shark have to be to take a leg off? Like, you know what I mean? Because, like, I'm like 5'8 on a good day. So I'll say my legs are at least three feet. That shark has to be bigger than three feet. Well, yeah, it was nine feet. Is this one nine feet? From what I understand, I don't think they had a size on this one. But the conjecture was that it was the same shark. That is that's massive. So the other attack, the people saw it and they estimated it was nine feet. That is just massive. That, ah! Ah! <laughs> yeah. So they also mentioned the t- it was high tide at the time of the attack. And there were only a few swimmers in the water because of that. Because usually a oh. lot of times when it's high tide or when the tide is changing, it's a little rougher. Anyway. I love recording this right before I go to the beach. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yep. I love well, it. I'm going to the beach myself but it'll just uh well i don't go past i don't go past knee deep in the ocean anyways i don't like the ocean really yeah i'll be up front with you i don't like the ocean i don't at all i have a how do i say it? i don't not like it i love it i think it's great i think it's beautiful i have a very well-found respect of things that i can't see and i'm in their environment mm. ankle deep knee deep i don't care it, if, it's gonna come bite me what if it's Sharknado and they're like flying in the air? I've never seen that movie, so I have no idea. I have no desire to see that movie. Well, I chose to not watch that movie. I, my man's in it, Gronkowski. Well, that just makes me not want to watch it even more. I love Baby Gronk. So after this attack, they had motorboats that were being kept just beyond the lifelines that carried guards armed with rifles to kill any sharks they might see. Very good at shooting. Mm-hmm. And uh, JT Nichols was the assistant curator of fishes at the American Museum of Natural History. And he said it was, he claimed it was a great white. It was the first he had heard of this kind of behavior in this area, and he considered it uncommon. Well, actually, I didn't know this, but great whites are, they are in New Jersey and New York. Play all the time. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, they didn't have trackers at, at this point to be able to know where they were. Like, there was no technology at all to be able to really, to track Shark movement. Super scary because the world's dangerous predator is just lurking right offshore and no one knew it. Well, they may have known it, but they weren't worried about it. They didn't think they were going to bother him. So I am going to share the New York Times article that was written after, oh, July 7th, 1916 is when this was published. Well, not even 24 hours. It says, shark kills bather off Jersey Beach, bites off both legs of a youth swimming beyond Spring Lake lifelines. Guards find him dying. Women are panic-stricken as mutilated body of hotel employee is brought ashore. Special to the New York Times. Spring Lake, New Jersey, July 6th. Hundreds of men and women and many children were on the beach this afternoon when a swimmer, far out beyond the outer lifelines, raised a cry for help. 
George White and Chris Anderson, lifeguards who had been watching the swimmer closely because of his distance from shore, launched a lifeboat and started for him while the crowd on the beach watched in suspense and fear. As the lifeguards drew near him, the water about the man was suddenly tinged with red and he shrieked loudly. A woman on shore cried that the man in the red canoe had upset, but others realized it was blood that covered the water and women fainted at the sight. As the lifeguards reached for the swimmer, he cried out that a shark had bitten him and then fainted. They dragged him into the boat and discovered that his left leg had been bitten off above the knee and the right leg just below the knee. A shark also nipped his left side, for there were marks of teeth beneath the arm. Women fled when the man was placed on the beach, but the lifeguards and other men tried to bandage his, bandage his wounds while a doctor was called. Before one arrived, however, the man was dead. He was recognized as Charles Bruder, a bellboy in a local hotel, who had a reputation of being a strong swimmer who often went out beyond the lifelines. The news that the man had been killed by a shark spread rapidly through the resort, and many persons were so overcome by the horror of Bruder's death that they had to be assisted to their rooms. Swimmers hurried out of the water and couldn't be induced to return. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Get back in. It's like, don't worry, guys. He's gone. Yeah. So far as the lifeguards and old residents could recall, Bruder's was the first death due to a shark at this resort. Sharks have been caught occasionally in fish pounds, which which is a type of net, but none was ever seen near shore before. A few days ago, a boy had one leg bitten off while swimming off Beach Haven, and a movement was started there tonight by Colonel W.D. Schaffler of Governor Fielder's staff to have the waters patrolled in an effort to kill off the big fish. Colonel Schaffler proposes to organize a squad of motor boatmen to patrol up and down the coast. Experienced shark fishermen will be in command of the boats, and it is hoped that the commotion will drive away such sharks as the fishermen do not catch. So it wasn't just to kill the sharks. It was also, if you're driving boats up and down the beach, perhaps it will prevent them from coming close to shore. Real question. Mm -hmm. When it comes to the sharks, right, Mm -hmm. anybody at the time... Just take the second to go, hey, maybe we might be doing something wrong here. Not at that point. I mean, no, I don't think so. Interesting. At this point, scientists are saying, this. we don't understand what's going on. This is unusual. They didn't know why this was happening because sharks don't attack people. They also had like a wire fence that they built around the swimming, swimming area. Like try. under the water? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, above the water wouldn't really help very much. I mean, we're talking about individuals that just apparently don't think sharks can kill people. Mm-hmm. So, well, obviously they know they can kill people now, but <laughs> <laughs> obviously. Well, apparently they're not making a big deal about it till now. I mean, they are. They've got boats. I mean, think of, this is like a scene out of Jaws with the guys on the boats and the guns and they're out, in the you know, going out to kill the shark. Do you remember that? You've seen Jaws, right? You I better mean, stop. I've seen every Jaws. Okay, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, hey, you know, when I was a kid, I went to SeaWorld in Orlando. Is that when they first had the Jaws thing? No, coming? this was, um, Jaws 3 had just been filmed and our tour guide had been an extra in the Jaws 3 movie and in the tunnel that they go in, you know, where the shark, like, bangs on it? That had just... We were in, we were there. That's pretty dope. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Pretty Until cool. I watched the movie, and then it sucked. Because I was, like, 10. And then I saw Jaws 3, and it was like, oh, shit. And it was in 3D, which back then, 
That was a big deal. 3D was a big deal. Only certain movies had 3D. Now it's like every movie out there, you've got to find the one that's not in 3D. You're real showing your age here, Jamie. I am, but I hate that. I hate that it's not a special thing anymore. And I hate 3D glasses because I wear glasses. And it's like a real pain. Well, they had the, uh, the um, is it IMAX? Is that what it is? That's like the new thing now. Like the, like the seat moves and stuff like that. What things? Uh, it's not IMAX. That's... Um, what is that? You know what I'm talking about, though? IMAX is the big one that they used to have at the Science Center. You could only go to Science Center. It's the big screen. Okay, IMAX never mind. And what is I it? know what you mean. Yeah, because, like, you know, the, the, the seats move and rumble and all that stuff. Yeah! Imagine being in the water. It's like, dun, 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 dun. You're on land. <laughs> I remember, I can remember when I saw that movie that the one doctor with the, the beard and the curly hair and the glasses and he squirts a needle and like the liquid comes out of it and came out in the audience. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing was that when the guy was in the shark and he's like reaching out his arm, his arm came out in the audience. Like I remember that's Were you that kid reaching for it? Maybe. Okay. That's fair. Maybe. That's fair. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's, we, we were, we were there with somebody who was an extra in the film when it was. That was the one that took place at SeaWorld. So they had people patrolling in boats with guns. With a fence. And they had a fence. So they're, they're at, you got to remember, it's 1916. So they're in there with what they had available, trying to prevent other attacks without closing the beaches. Yeah, because it's a huge source of revenue. Massive. And it, and it, there was a lot of people there. If you remember it, the weather, it was really, it was a heat wave. So there were record number of people there. So it was huge revenue. I wonder how much money, you know what I mean? Like that probably generated back then and probably what it calculates out now. That's just a few million. Easy. Yeah, because, you Mm -hmm. know, at that point in time, they got everything opened up. They don't want to close down, especially after the polio. Mm -hmm. They're probably wrecked. I mean, we're we're still currently going through a pandemic. So you Mm -hmm. see how much it... That's going to come up later. Just, Just let you know. Is it? An interesting point. Yeah, something that's just interesting I saw that was kind of like, hmm, interesting. We might be crossing the line here together then. Maybe. So, anyway, back yeah, back sorry. to the shark attacks. Let's, let's get back to... Let's get back to the story, Jamie. Let, let's get back to the uh, murder and mayhem. Okay, so we've had two people bitten, eaten, partially killed, but they're both dead. They did. On the coast. They're on the Atlantic coast. The next attacks took place in the Matawan Creek, which is 30 miles north of attack number two. So again, it's moved north. Okay, and it's 75 miles from the original position. Yes, 75 miles away from where the first attack was. We're in a creek. Creek? A creek. We're in a creek. We're not in a creek. That's a creek. Now, this water was a bracket. I believe it would, well, yes, it would be. The water here is brackish, which means it's mixed. salt and freshwater mixed. Most creeks off of bay. This one is kind of off of a bay. I had a little mini map. Mini map. Mini map. So yeah, Matawan, it looks like it's off of the, what is that? It's off of Raritan Bay, south of New York City, south of Coney Island. That's Atlantic City. Is that the Atlantic City everybody talks about they go party at? Mm-hmm. Okay, because I thought Atlantic City was in Georgia. Atlantic City's in New Jersey. It's where all the casinos are. Wow. Mm-hmm. Is this going through the tax? So, uh, Matawan Creek uh, is off the Raritan Bay, brackish water. Not where you would think a large man-eating shark would be at all. 
So the location made it unlikely an unlikely area for interactions with sharks, like I said, because of the brackish water and the location. But Thomas Cottrell, a sea captain and a resident of the town of Matawan, spotted an eight-foot shark in the creek, but the town dismissed his claim. So he's already saying, hey, yo, there's a big-ass shark in the creek. And they're like, whatever. I mean, knowing, knowing what we know now, mm-hmm. that's where bull sharks... I know particularly bull sharks. I don't know if there's any other one that goes freshwater, but I do know they like to lay their young in brackish or freshwater because it's not many predators. Thank you for, like, jumping ahead. But yes, you're correct. Bull sharks reproduce in brackish water. Oh, is that... It's further down when we discuss the shark itself, what it was. You know, the theories area of our conversation. I wanted to how feel many, smart. How okay? many? You are. You're I, like total. I, I want to be smart here, Jamie. Not everybody can do 30 pages of research and be just naturally smart. <laughs> My jackass needs to learn how to, you know what I'm saying here, you Jamie. Do, you're, you're already telling me everything. Anyway. Yes. Yeah, so edit it out then, damn it. I won't. It's a little bit. I'll edit out in your little tirade. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, bull sharks breed in brackish water and they are the only shark that can survive in fresh water. little foreshadowing there. A little nervousing. Nervousing. No, I don't think that's a word, but we'll go with it. So July 2nd, 1916. It's around 2 p.m. There's a group of boys swimming in the creek. Lester Stillwell is 12, and then he's joined with Johnson Carton, Frank Close, Albert O'Hara, Charles Van Brunt. They also had a dog with them. One of the boys brought their their dog. And they were what I call dock diving, where you run and jump off the end of the pier or the dock and then swim back. We call it just jumping off the dock where I come from. Dock diving, pier jumping, whatever. I did it a million times as a kid and as an adult. So that's what they were doing. They're, they're swimming back when one of the back to the dock when one of the boys says, Lester's gone. Oh. Yeah. So they look back, and they said they saw the fin and tail of a shark, and then they went running up yelling for help. Mm. A group forms, of course, because the boys are screaming and yelling. Lester's gone, and they see a shark. People got into boats and started searching for him in boats, but they couldn't find any sign of Lester or the shark. And then a gentleman... Two gentlemen, well, three gentlemen, Stanley Fisher, Arthur Smith, and George Burlew, removed their clothes. They're in bathing trunks. And I say bathing trunks. That's not, I, I would say bathing suit, but it the information said bathing trunks because that's what they were called. It was 1916 at this yeah. point in time. Yeah, so they're, they're in their bathing suits, and they dive in, even though they were cautioned against doing it. I mean, there's a shark in the water. It's attacked a boy, and they're jumping in the water. But they're trying to get... The kid. They're right the now. kid. They don't... I think pretty much they were trying to find his body. They He's been under for a long time. Oh, yeah. They're, he's, they're, he's dead. It's the search and recovery, they know, at this point in time. Probably, yes. But but they they just want to get the boy. Stanley reportedly dove to the bottom, hoping to find the body of the boy, and that's when he was attacked. The shark drew him under the water twice with a grip on his right leg between the knee and hip. And when he came up the last time, he yelled, help me. I, don't, I can't even imagine witnessing that, like... Or the shirt, like, because it's not like a. It's not just. It's, like, like, yeah. it's, no, it's probably like blood curdling shriek. Mm-hmm. Like it's. Ugh. Anyway, so two men in a boat went to help, and Stanley is swimming with his good free leg towards the boat. And when he got near, 
the shark, and this is a quote from the newspaper article, crunched his teeth together and stripped the flesh to the bone and disappeared. Because mm. my research actually involved reading the actual newspaper accounts of all of these attacks. That's That was because I have found that in especially situations like this, it's easier to go directly to the first source, so to speak, are those newspaper articles. Oh, yeah, things get so. uh, bunk hooey. Yes. Later on down the line. Yeah. He's pulled, Stanley's pulled into the boat. They make a makeshift tourniquet with rope. They get him to shore. They're searching for a doctor. Apparently there was a doctor who was on vacation. They're searching for a doctor. Finally, half an hour later, one shows up. He, you know, does what he can there and then sends Stanley to the hospital via train. Again, it's 1916, you know. That's the fastest means of transportation at this point in time. Yeah, and he was conscious through all this. He was not unconscious. And he said he had a hold of the boy in the spot where he was last seen and that the shark had let go of the boy and then attacked him, meaning Stanley. So Stanley had the boy and the shark let go of the boy's body and then went after Stanley. Stanley Fisher died on the operating table before he could even undergo an operation. He was only 24. And then Arthur Smith, who had also been in the water with him, said he felt the shark brush against him, but he swam in the opposite direction. That was the third attack. Four people are dead. So four dead. Mm Mm-hmm. That leaves one to be injured, correct? Yes, because Lester is dead. Lester's body is still not found yet. I mean, mean, he's but he's dead. Yeah, unless he can miraculously breathe on the water. I don't mean that as a joke, but... No. Spoiler alert, Lester's dead. Yeah. 30 minutes later, Joseph Dunn is bitten by a shark. Joseph Dunn was the other individual in the water? No. This is... This is further down. He's in a different location in the creek. Separate in the creek. Separate. He's with friends. His brother and a friend, supposedly. They are a little bit further down the creek or in a different location, and they are doing the same thing. Jumping off the dock... Swimming back, jumping off the dock, swimming back. He's grabbed by a shark while he's swimming back towards the dock. So he's jumped in, he's swimming back, shark grabs him. He reaches the dock and he's assisted by his brother and a friend. Uh, The flesh on his right leg and foot was in strips. And it said that there was a tug of war between the shark and his friends to get him to safety. Like they were pulling on him and the shark is pulling, trying to eat him basically is what was going on so i do have his account of what happened joseph dunn's account joseph dunn's account this was uh friday the 14th 14th of july 1916 so here is joseph dunn's account of the attack i was swimming about 10 feet from the dock when i felt something at my feet i had just learned that a shark had bitten another boy up the stream and i was headed for shore with a jerk i was pulled down I suppose it was the shark attempting to bite my leg off. I screamed. It seemed the fish was endeavoring to get my whole leg into its mouth. The teeth of the shark evidently clamped down on my leg quickly, and I thought it was off. That is all I remember until I was put into a motorboat. So kind of his fear and all that blanked out his memory. Or he passed out. Yeah. I'm guessing he passed out. I mean, kind of put it in reference, too. Some people just don't quite understand, like... You gotta realize how terrifying this is. You look down, I, you see this thing. Sharks aren't normal-looking creatures. You know what I mean? Like they're scary-looking. Yeah. And, and I have heard, and I don't know because I've never been bitten by a shark, but I've heard that their teeth are sharp enough that when they grab you, it's I mean, almost pain—not painless, but it's like you no, don't you're realize right. your your leg is gone. That's it. All, from everything from all the shark attack stories, all you feel at first is a tug, mm-hmm. and if you feel a tug, it, it's your leg's gone. Yeah. 
Yeah, I realize their teeth, <clears throat> their teeth literally can cut through flesh like yes. it's paper. They cut through she uh, seashells for off of uh off of turtles and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. come on now, they can rip that apart. Our flesh ain't like that. No, but the scientists at this point didn't think that they could bite off the leg of a person. Well, I I, I think the the individual they didn't have anything to go by. They yeah. had they really didn't have. What means did they have of studying sharks and their habitat? At, at this point in time, I think fishermen are smarter than scientists when it comes to the water at this point in time. Well, I agree with you because they're on the water. Yeah. You know, they, they witness it. They see things that have probably been attacked by sharks and oh, things. Yeah. So, well. The well guys, I probably even caught a few. Well, the one guy's like, there's an eight-foot shark swimming in the creek. Before any of these attacks in the creek happen, he's like, hey, guess what? There's a shark here. It's eight feet long. Yeah, I've seen it multiple and like, times. Whatever. They're like bung hooey. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph Dunn does manage to live, and he does keep his leg. The shark did not bite off any of his leg. He, they, it just kind of shredded the skin. He did have scarring and a limp that they, the doctors felt that he would outgrow when he got older. So, so they so that's, it filleted him a little bit. A little bit, yeah. But he did manage to live. There were attempts made to locate the body of Lester Stillwell, who was... The first of the two killed the boy that was killed yeah. up the creek a little bit. They probably never found him, did they? Yeah, they did. Oh, they did. Mm-hmm. They were trying to find the, his body, and they were also trying to find the shark. So they were exploding dynamite in the creek. Wow. Honestly, I have heard that if you fire like cannons near the water, if you're trying to get a body, the, it will force the body to rise. The vibration, I think. Really? That's what I've heard. Yes, and they also had wire netting that was weighted on the end and fishing nets that were stretched across the creek it all proved fruitless they never caught the shark saw the shark two days after the shark was seen two days after where the attack happened there's a shark that is seen and a crowd gathers more dynamite is set off a large shark hook is baited and and left in the water but it went undisturbed and lester's body was recovered about 250 feet west of the area where the attack happened so they did recover his body okay when they looked at stanley fisher's body he's he was the 24 year old that died trying to recover lester's body so the second one that died in the creek they looked at his body and the shark's mouth measured 14 inches and that meant the shark was over nine feet and that was based on the bites on Stanley Fisher's body. So another article in the New York Times, July 14, 1916. I'm only going to touch on a couple things out of this one. They said sharks were seen in the Hudson River. Said two very large fish said to be sharks by those on board the Hudson River steamer Berkshire passed the vessel going up the river opposite Terrytown yesterday morning at about 3.30 o'clock. Their presence was detected when several passengers saw a large triangular fin pass the vessel with great speed. Robert Palmer of Troy, New York, who spends his winters in southern latitudes and is familiar with sharks, told them the fin was that of a shark and a very large one. They went to the hurricane deck and told Captain Wilson about it and he was inclined to think it was a joke while the passengers were talking with him there was a cry of shark another shark (laughs) (laughs) and they looked to starboard where they saw another large fin streaking up the river the second fish seemed to follow the same course as the first and its fin was in sight for some time 
And I read that a little strange because the print is like microscopic. Yeah, that's tiny. It's I mean, very tiny. All right, so that that's all I'm going to read from that one. So now we get to kind of figure out what kind of shark it was. Oh, I got some theories for you. Mm-hmm. I got some theories. After the second incident, which was Bruder, which was the guy who was had his legs leggy. Past yeah, the... he was out too far. Scientists and the public presented theories to explain which species of shark was responsible for the Jersey Shore attacks, or if they thought there were more than one shark involved, which is possible. I mean, it could. I mean, I mean, at this point um, in time, who knows? Yes. Some said that a northward swimming rogue shark was responsible. I mean, that's not a stretch. It was moving north, and it was a shark. Whether it was rogue or not, it was just a shark. But whatever. So, yeah, that's accurate. It was a northward swimming rogue shark. They actually believed it would eventually arrive along New York's coast, which they did say that was seen in the Hudson, or sharks were seen in the Hudson. Witnesses of the Beach Haven fatality, which was the first one, estimated the shark was nine feet long. A sea captain who saw the event believed it was a Spanish shark that was driven from the Caribbean Sea decades earlier by bombings during the Spanish-American War. I must say no. Several fishermen claimed to have caught the Jersey man-eater in the days following the attacks. There was a blue shark that was captured July 14th near Long Branch. And four days later, the same Thomas Cottrell, who had seen the shark in the Matawan Creek, claimed to have captured a sandbar shark with a gill net near the mouth of the creek. I mean, that... Sandbar shark is not going to do this. He probably caught one, but... Oh, without a doubt. I've caught sandbar shark. Okay. When I say I, what I mean is I was on board the boat <laughs> <laughs> that my great uncle was the captain of. And by boat, I mean, it was a small boat. He crabbed, he fished in a, a, a gill net is a type of net. It's the big net. It's stretched across. It has anchors on the two bottom ends and buoys on the top part of the end. So you can see the beginning. So boats know where it's stretched across. Mm-hmm. And it's called a gill net because fish swim in it and their gills get caught in the netting. I went, we would go out to set the net and then we'd have to get up at like four in the morning to go out and bring it in. And it was cool because sometimes you would catch sand sharks Mm -hmm. in the net. So I'm sure he did catch a sandbar shark. They're pretty pretty cool looking. But it did not do this. I believe sand sharks are called the dogs of the uh, ocean. Dog shark. Yeah, dog shark. Mm -hmm. It was like Jaws, but not really. (laughs) (laughs) That's where you feel like like you're manhandling Jaws. When you're a kid, you're like, holy crap, we (laughs) caught a shark. You know, like, and it wasn't an all the time occurrence. It was only sometimes we might catch one because they would come in to eat the fish caught in the net. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Tickled pink pie. Yeah. So... July 14th, there was a taxidermist who was also a Barnum and Bailey lion tamer, which is not a profession you hear about very often. His name was Michael Schleiser, and he caught a seven and a half foot shark that was 325 pounds while he was fishing in the Raritan Bay, which it's only a few miles from Matawan Creek. Matawan Creek is off that bay. Uh, The shark apparently almost sank his boat before he was able to kill it with a broken oar. And when he opened the shark's belly, he removed uh, what he called a suspicious fleshy material and bones that took up about two-thirds of a milk crate and weighed about 15 pounds. Scientists identified the shark as a young great white and the ingested remains as human. Wow. Yeah. Schleiser mounted the shark and placed it on display in the window of a Manhattan shop on Broadway, but it was later lost and the only surviving photograph was in the Bronx Home News. 
That is wild. Yeah, there were no further attacks reported along the Jersey Shore in the summer of 1916 and the capture of Schleicher, after the capture of Schleicher's shark. Uh, Murphy and Lucas, who were scientists, declared the Great White to be the Jersey man-eaters. So th- that's what they thought it was. <laughs> there were some people who suggested that they did not think a shark was the likely responsible party in these attacks. They thought that it was sea turtles (laughs) and they were saying that sometimes they had been able to they had seen turtles that were large enough to inflict wounds like that and that they were of a vicious disposition and when annoyed are extremely dangerous to approach and it is my idea that brooder may have disturbed one while it was asleep on or close to the surface it was not a sea turtle just you know uh there was another thought that you know, 1916, World War One, that sharks had been following U-boats and they were eating people killed during World War One, and they had a taste for human flesh and they followed the U-boats to America and started attacking people. To paraphrase, I'm, par- I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically the theory that was out there. I would say they did probably follow <clears throat> behind them to eat whatever gets thrown off. I mean, come on now, they're opportunistic animals. U-boats were submarines. They weren't throwing anything off oh, yeah, of no, them or they were, drowning. Yeah. they were drowning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were drowning. They were drowning it was, anyway, those are the theories. Just to give you an idea, a great white shark, a female is 15 to 21 feet full grown, a male is 11 to 13 feet. They are responsible for the largest number of reported and identified fatal, unprovoked shark attacks on humans. Typically, there's less than 10 per year globally of great white attacks. My theory, and it probably goes along with your theory because you already said the shark, is a bull shark. Yeah, 100% it's a bull shark. So bull sharks are between 7 and 11 and a half feet full grown, which is right in with the size of everything that had been sighted. The 9 foot length that people were talking about, the 8 foot length that um, that sea captain Thomas Cottrell said he saw on the river. Bull sharks have short blunt noses. They also have a very aggressive nature. And they're known to headbutt their prey before attacking, which that's all the reason why they're called bull sharks is because they're very aggressive and they headbutt their prey prior to attacking. Fun fact, I think their body has like five times the amount of testosterone than any other shark. Yes. That, something creepy that's like something, that. Yeah, they have more testosterone, which is why they're more aggressive. They like shallow coastal waters and they are known to be the most likely shark to attack humans because they like to be in the shallow coastal waters and because they're aggressive. They are the only shark that can inhabit fresh water, and they breed in brackish water in the summer months. So you have a shark attacking people in the summer months in a brackish creek. It is probably going to be a bull shark. And probably a pregnant one, too. Or a breeding one, you know, or just one back there for breeding. If they're breeding, it's more aggressive. When animals breed, they're more, I mean, when bucks, deer, when deer breed, they're super aggressive. I don't know if that's the same for sharks. I don't know that it's the same for fish because it's not like they're raising their their young. They poop them out and leave. You know, it's like. Hey, it's the ultimate survival of the fittest. That's how, I mean, you know, fish, and I don't know, do bull sharks have live pups? Or do they have eggs? Um, because it depends on the breed of shark. And I don't know. I don't know with bull I sharks. I believe bull sharks have them in a sack. Like the, the egg they, sack. Yeah, like they so wrap if, around. You know, they're laying on, or as Ethan used to, you know, used to say that people pooped out babies. They're pooping them out and they're going. They're not yeah. being protected. But they're just nasty sharks anyway. Yeah. Sharks also are attracted by vibration in the water. I made sure to mention where there was a dog. So the first attack. 
mentioned the Chesapeake Bay Retriever in the water also. Both of the attack locations in the creek, I I don't know if I mentioned it in the second one. The first attack, one of the boys brought his dog. There might have been a dog also in the second attack. The way a dog swims with its four feet, I've read that that can attract. It has to do with the repetitive vibration of the way a dog swims probably like a, full, like a fish that's injured so that's what the shark picks up on are the vi- plus the kids are jumping in the water so there's tons of vibrations for them to be attracted to and come into but this is the thing i mentioned about pandemic sharks killed 10 people globally 2020 had the highest shark kill rate since 2013 what was different about 2020 we were had a pandemic mm-hmm. So I think people are going outside. You feel safer outside in a situation like that. Going to the beach, getting out in the sun, and getting eaten by sharks. So, can I tell you my idea on that? Mm-hmm. So in the pandemic, everything shut down. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of stuff shut down. So there's not any people in the ocean. There's not a lot of people that's naturally killing them off due to either ignorance or mistakes. So I think they had a chance to kind of, like, reproduce pretty quickly. Or... They came in looking for stuff. So that's my idea. I think it may have had more. I don't know if they'd reproduce and grow large enough to kill them, but I think they are more likely to come closer because there's less activity possibly Mm -hmm. with boats and things like that. Come closer to shore. And just and the annual global average for shark kills is five or six. So in July 1916 in New Jersey – We've already just about reached the annual global average for shark kills. In what, 12 days, In twelve days? In 12 days. Less than two weeks. Yeah. So it, it was a pretty significant. It doesn't seem like a... Sometimes people look at it and it might not seem crazy. It, it was crazy. Oh, yeah. Is, is Even this, for today's standards, it was crazy. And is this how many sharks we kill? No, this is the odds of being killed by a shark are 3,748,067 to 1. So you're more likely to be killed by, I think, bees, wasps. I don't remember the other animals, but other things other than a shark. I wonder if you're more likely to get struck by lightning at those You are. Mm -hmm. You are. Bottom line, theory, I think it was a bull shark. Oh, yeah. I think it was a breeding bull shark, my opinion. I don't know if it was the same shark in all four, well, it was five attacks. I don't know if it was the same one in all five. I definitely think it was a bull shark in the creek. Yeah, I... The, the attacks in the creek, I think, are done either by a bull shark, and they were only, what, like a few miles apart, 20 miles apart, 25 miles apart? In the creek, they weren't even that far apart. All right. I think that's the same bull shark. I think it's the, that's the same shark. I think it was a bull shark. The other three attacks, though, are The separate. other two. The other two attacks. The other two attacks? Mm-hmm. Because two people were killed in one location. The two were killed? It's five attacks, four locations. Four locations. Mm-hmm. So the other... The other three victims? Two. Two, so two were killed in the Atlantic and the on one the injured. coast. Three people were attacked in the creek. Two killed, one injured. So those three are... Those three, bull shark, yeah. same shark, yep. without a doubt. It yep. was, I mean, because it was within 30 minutes of the first attack, the second oh, yeah. attack. And that's not the first shark to swim that far. The other two, I believe, personally, were definitely bull sharks also. Just not mm-hmm. the same one. And probably not even those two attacks. Probably not even the same... 
shark. There's just different days, different creatures. I don't, I, I mean, I'm not sure. I think it was probably a bull shark. The only thing that makes me question it is the great white shark, the juvenile great white that was caught that they claimed had human flesh in it. But I question that. There is some people, there are some people who say that there is some question about whether that's accurate or not. Yeah, and I mean, I'll go as far as to say this. It's even now very hard to even capture juvenile uh, great white sharks. I mean, let's be honest here. So I will be up front here. I, I don't think, I think they might just call it like maybe, it's going to sound bad to say this, a miniature bull shark that, and I don't even know if it's even adult flesh it might or human flesh. It might be something else. I, well, I think it was a great white. I just don't know that it was the shark. I don't know that it had human flesh in it. I don't know that it was the shark. And I'll also say um, this too: great whites and bull sharks are distinctively different. Like, they hard are. To, it's hard yeah. to mistake. Yeah, I mean, scientists totally missed the the boat on knowing that sharks were a danger to humans. But I don't really think there had been really any attacks like this in on the coast, east coast, like this at all. So even now, I don't think there's ever been that many attacks not, like that. Not like that. There yeah, has especially there that, especially that three in one day within few miles yes. of each other that, yeah. i don't think that's ever happened again yeah but also i do know that you know at the same time people have to understand you're in a different element at that point in time yep granted sad people lost their lives granted it's sad that it happened but you have to understand that you were playing in someone else's backyard yeah and this changed the way scientists looked at sharks at this point like this totally shifted their viewpoint mm-hmm. they and, realized that they had screwed up and i also believe too uh, this led to the the massive shark killing spree too mm. all this and which was extremely wrong to do but at the same time people are naturally want to defend so if something happens we're going to go on an attack so i i kind of get the logic that happened behind it but i understand it but i but it's like hindsight's always 2020 um you're in their territory and if they're hungry and there was some speculation that perhaps there was a shortage of, of food mm-hmm and this was easy prey. I'm sorry, humans are easy prey in the water for a shark. Yeah. Um, you're out of your element. You're They're in their element. And I don't think it was a bloodthirsty, out for human blood type of situation. No, it was just opportunistic. I just think it was the opportunity. You had mm-hmm. thousands of people at the shore more than normal. You had people in the water more than normal because there was a heat wave. So there was more opportunity and tons of movement in the water and i think that drew the shark you know that that drew their attention that's why i'm not sure if it was one or two sharks i think the atlantic attacks in the atlantic the first two same shark possibly not the same as the attacks in the creek um so i think at most it was two sharks Mm -hmm. but there is a possibility it could have been one it could have found that it was easy to kill people and I will um, say this about sharks, at least, from what at least I gathered from all this information, even though that Lester was with friends, it sounds like he was away from his friends. Like his friends were in front of him and he was behind yes. them, like catching up. So there was two, there was one. So a shark looks at him and goes, okay, I'm going to go after the weaker one. Mm-hmm. And because typically if you're in the ocean swimming, if a fish is falling behind, it's a weaker one. There's something mm-hmm. wrong with it and they're going to go after it. So the individual swimming past the uh, breakers by himself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the two divers, one went one way, one went the other way. Mm-hmm. I mean. Well, the one actually was holding the boy's body while the shark was had it in its mouth. Right. And it came back after And him. then it pulled it and it was like, and then it went after him. And then the one guy that got his leg bit that his two friends grabbed, the shark let go. 
It was like, all right, there's too many of them. We're gonna oh, when go. they were, it was like a tug of war yeah. with the shark. Yeah. And and apparently, I think he was the one who was kicking and fighting with his other free leg. It had him by one leg, and he was kicking and carrying on because he actually said the shark was a coward. But if you you know, most people say if you're attacked, you punch them in mm-hmm. the punch them in the nose, go for their eyes, yep. their gills, and they let go. Yep, they got all the all their sensors are in located yes. in their snouts. Yes. So you punch that. Actually, if you hit hard enough, you actually will kill the shark because mm-hmm. it won't it won't kill it then. I didn't mean to snap, but it won't kill it then. But later on down the line, they actually use that sensory, depra- sensory deprivation, that's what it's called, to figure out what's going on in the water. So if you damage that, they won't know how to hunt. So that plays a bigger role than what people think. Also, sharks can't see when they attack. They close their eyes. They have mm-hmm. a, like, a layer that goes over their eye that protects their eye from that. So if you stab it, they're immediately going to let go because they can't see what's going yeah. on. Then also, I mean, like look, grabbing a gill is like, you know, grabbing Dubai's private parts. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They're going to scream and let go. So Yeah. So that probably saved his life. Oh, 100%. The, the fact that he was able to kick his free leg and he kicked and fought. Come on, easy meal that doesn't fight back mm-hmm. or a meal that's going to... Well, I think he probably was kicking around and the shark had no choice but to let mm-hmm. go. And then he was close enough to the dock and his friends knew it was going on that they were able to... They were pulling him up while he's kicking and carrying on. At that point, the shark's like, I'm not... I don't need it this bad. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> like, nah, you got that's it. That's okay. It's all yours. Yeah, you you know. I'm going to take a little bit, though. You eat him. <laughs> I'm going to take the tender. You yes. take the loin. Yes. Bye. Yes. So this was the i believe the inspiration behind the the book jaws by peter benchley i highly recommend reading the book i also recommend the movie scared the crap out of me as a kid still scares the crap out of me as a grown adult because sharks are real and they really eat people and they are in the water and you can't see them so they they do that is something that makes me nervous and they keep growing and they're big they don't ever stop growing yeah that's scary so jamie Tell everybody where they can find us at. Uh, you can listen to us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can find us on uh, the interweb at www.lurkpodcast.com. Lurkpodcast.com. And that you can find links to our social media there. You can find uh, episodes. And in each episode, we have our show notes. And that in the show notes is also where you can find a link to purchase merch. Merch, 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 merch. And um, we always recommend that you like or follow us on one of our social media platforms. Follow us or like us. We now have a YouTube. We have our what? A YouTube. A YouTube. Yep. And uh, you can't see us on there yet. We just post the episodes. I'm in the process of doing that, but it's time consuming. So. so that's everywhere. And as always, if you listen to us on a podcasting platform that allows reviews, please leave us a review if you have a moment, because that allows us to be suggested to other people. 100%. And until next time, keep lurking. Keep lurking.